Misunderstandings can easily lead to unnecessary, vicious battles. They ought to be avoided when possible and handled graciously and humbly when necessary. God has prepared you in His Word with the wisdom you need. In 2 Samuel chapter 10, David and Hanan had a misunderstanding that led to outright warfare. Pride, suspicion, bad counsel, and stubbornness will always lead to heartache and death. Life has enough battles. Avoid the danger and needless pain and deal with life's misunderstandings with humility and patience. In today's message, Pastor Mark will give us a biblical guide to handling misunderstandings. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 10 for today's edition of Come Alive. That's what Pride Unchecked does. It has, it has ammo ready, built up, ready to go to war. Look at verse 7. It says, Now when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. Well, David's no fool. He's not going to let some guy amass armies and not try to defend himself. Because now he knows what they're capable of. He's like, hey, they're ingrates. And so now David, verse 7, heard of it, sent Job and all the army of the mighty men. And then the people of Amnon came out, put themselves in battle array at the entrance of the gate. And the Syrians of Zobah, Bethrehob, Ishtob, and Makkah were by themselves in the field. So here we go. We're about to have a war. People are about to lose lives over a misunderstanding. People are about to get hurt over a misunderstanding. People are about to have widows, and there are going to be kids with no fathers because of a misunderstanding, because somebody whispered into somebody else's ear that this was what was taking place over here. When in all actuality, kindness was the only reason for the delegation. Hey, bro, I'm sorry that you lost your dad. They're coming in to spy and take us over. So we have all these people ready to fight from Amnon and from Israel. Why? If you ask the question why, well, all they wanted to do was show kindness and a war is brewing because of a misunderstanding. Well, we get in our mind an argument sometimes. You ever been there driving home and you think, I can't believe that jerk done that, or I can't believe she's done this. So when I get home, I'm going to say this, and then she'll probably say that. And then I'm going to say this, and then she'll say this, 
And then I'm going to back up and I'm going to let her know and I'm going to put my foot down and you got it all worked out. You've got your army ready to go over a misunderstanding. Well, let let me give you a few suggestions when this happens. We need to do a couple of things. If you're taking note, number one is, should the friction be forgotten? Ask yourself that. Should this thing just be forgotten? Should I just let it go? Is it worth fighting for? I was talking with somebody this morning over in the children's ministry, and we were talking about children, and sometimes even with your own children. It, 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 choose your battle. Choose your battle. Don't just get them all upset and riled up for nothing sometimes. I mean, choose your battle. Look at it. What about with your spouse? Is it worth to upset the whole house over whatever? Is it worth fighting for? Ask yourself that. Is it really worth fighting for? We've got military teams on both sides. People are about to die. Should we fight over a misunderstanding? Look at, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And if you highlight or take notes in your Bible, then you might want to highlight this. Put it in 2 Samuel and then just write 1 Timothy in the margin. 6 verse 12. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight. What fight are you going to fight this week? You're going to fight the good fight? Oh, but it's just a war of words. Fight the good fight. It could be a war of attitudes. See, he's saying it's not worth the effort unless... It's the good fight. Choose your battle wisely. If it's truly a fight of faith, you will find yourself fighting completely different than you normally do. I would hope you will spend more time praying in that fight of faith than you do just jumping into the fight. Because you'll spend a lot of time in prayer fighting the good fight, the fight of faith. And so what are you fighting for? So another thing you can do in that would be pray. Under number one, you can write a little A, and prayer will help with that. Lord, is this worth fighting for? Is it worth going home and upsetting the balance of the house? Is it worth fighting for? Spend some time praying about it. See, God will honor that because you trust him for a change. We say we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus, but do we truly trust him for change? Number two, ask yourself, are you believing the best in the situation? So if you're in 1 Timothy, just turn over a few books to 1 Corinthians 13. Some of you know where I'm going. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. There's one we all should underline. It does not seek its own. There's another one. Double underline that. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Now highlight this whole verse. This is the one we're going to land on. Verse 7. But it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So here... Are you believing the best in the situation? 
The word endure gives a picture of someone carrying a burden when you look it up in the Greek. It shows someone willing to carry a burden. And it shows that for the purpose of being loving. For the purpose of loving. So when it comes to suspicion of the other person, you will think, I know they intended it for the best. I just received it wrong, possibly. And how can I clear this up? And sometimes it's by, hey, when you said this, did you mean? And they might be, no, I didn't mean that at all. It it could be the way it was said. It could be in the manner it was said. It could be in the time that it was said. It could be you said something like walking away going, I love you, and you really meant it, but it really didn't look that way to the other person, and they might have just needed a hug because they were going through something. But, oh, you didn't really show love because you didn't hug me. You said it with your back to me. I mean, were you really paying attention? Yeah, I was just in a hurry. I was just, I was just walking down the hallway. I really love Come here, give me a hug. Let's hug it out, bro. Just think about it. Do, do you think that person intends the best for you or do you intend the best for them? Because if both of you intend the best for each other, well, how many, how many misunderstandings would no longer be misunderstandings? Well, they all would be misunderstandings, but you wouldn't have to go to war. It doesn't take away the misunderstanding. It just takes away the fight. Don't always assume the worst. Believe the best. That's one of the things we, we talk about in, in, in premarital counseling and in marriage counseling is always believe the best of your, your spouse. I want to believe that my wife has her the best intentions for me. And, and sometimes it may be if she's upset. That might be the best intention. Like, hey, I don't want you to do that. And I'm going to put my foot down. I don't want you to hurt yourself. I'm concerned. I love you. I don't want to. So that's why we're going to eat a lot of healthier foods around the house. I'm like, really? You, you must hate my guts. A healthy foods, a salad every night, I don't know. You, that's not love. We need pork chops and ribs and bacon-wrapped bacon, wrapped in bacon. That's love. But see, sometimes we just got to check our own heart. That's number three. Check your own heart. Because when, I, when I'm throwing my little parade of more meat in the house, well, my, my heart's not really concerned for anyone else but my stomach. I'm always amazed at how a guy's attitude is affected by his stomach. See, if you're always suspicious when someone wants to do good to you, ask yourself why. Why am I suspicious? Why am I like this? Titus 115. Look at look at that one. That'll be the last place we turn. Titus. And you can mark it if you want to. We don't have to turn there. But it says, to the pure, all things are pure. We'll just stop in the first part of that verse. To the pure, all things are pure. What are your motives? Weigh them against God's word. Well, when you're doing something, what are your motives when you give a gift? So you can get something back? Is, your, is that really a pure motive? Is that the way Christians should approach life? Ask yourself that. Is that the way I'm supposed to approach life as a Christian? Are my motives pure in what I do? Am I seeking the best for that other person? When I'm suspicious, could it just be a misunderstanding of me perceiving it wrong? Should I ask a question? You might be thinking, but if we do all this, if we, if we do it the way you're saying to do it, 
Well, we might be taken advantage of. You know what my answer to that is? Yeah, you might. You might. Who, who do you think the most misunderstood man in the world is? We all know him as Lord and Savior. His name's Jesus. Jesus. Turn back to Second Samuel. Look at verse 9. It says, When Joab saw that the battle line was against him before and behind, he chose some of Israel's best, and he put them in battle array against the Syrians. He chose the best. Are you choosing the best? You're like, well, Mark, this is talking about going to war. But watch what happens when he chooses the best. It says here, he chose the best. Verse 10. And the rest of the people he put under the command of of Abishai, his brother, that he might set them in battle array against the people of Amnon. And then he said, if the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the people of Amnon are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Verse 12, be of good courage and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of God, of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. And so the army of the mighty men approached the Ammonite city and they found themselves completely surrounded. In front of them were the Ammonites in battle array at the entrance of the gate. Behind them were the Syrians in the field. And it looked as if the army of Israel had no chance. And if you notice, there's no provision for a retreat. Just attack is what they're saying. Okay, we're going to split you guys up and we're going to go for it. There's, there's no provision for a retreat to run away from this situation. David said, do what's best. Be strong for our people and for God. See, the coward thing to do when there's a misunderstanding is just a retreat. Throw your hands up and turn, oh, forget it. I'm not going to do anything. I don't like confrontation. Well, guess what? If you say nothing, the other person's going to assume that they were right. You're going to assume that they really don't care. And a lack of communication does breed assumption, so one day this thing's going to blow. See, are we strong in the situations we face so that the weaker brother or sister has a good example when life rises up and just kind of punches them in the face? Are, are we that good example to them? When, when people start to draw battle lines with them, do they have somebody that they can look to and say, man, I, I wish I could handle that situation just like you. Or, I, you know what, just like you guys. I mean, how do you guys handle those situations in your life? I had great mentors when I first got saved, and I'd look to them all the time when a situation arose, and I'd be like, hey, how would you guys handle it? And you know what so one guy used to tell me all the time? Just love them. Just love them. Really? They're, they're, they're making fun of me? They want to fight me? I mean, I'm a brand new Christian. I still got a lot of BC friends. Love them? What do you mean love them? Just love them. How do I do that? Go up and tell them you love them. I'm like, oh man, they're really going to beat on me now. And so I did. I, I thought I would try it. This one guy was constantly just causing me all kinds of problems at work. Just anything he could do. And we kind of did it to each other before I was saved. We, I'd rig something so he'd get in trouble for it. He'd rig it back so I'd get in trouble for it. You know, I'd hide something so he'd be accused of stealing. He'd do the same for me. We just constantly. And so one day I just went up to him. I said, hey, look, dude, I'm done. I told you I got saved. I'm a Christian. I'm tired of fighting with you. I was like, as much as I hate to say this, I love you. He just kind of looked at me. He was like, and he called me a name and walked away. 
But the great thing was, two years later, the dude got saved. He was sitting in a car crying, saying, man, will you please forgive me for being so mean to you? And I, I thought, man, I need to be asking you the same thing. It all got worked out. See, what kind of example are you? Because those guys were examples to me. I knew how to handle certain life situation. See, if, if you're a good example to someone, that person needs to see a real Christian doing real Christianity. That's what the world needs to see is real Christians doing real Christianity in a real life situation. Is that you? Right, we got the what ifs up there. What if we all did that? We're real Christians living out life with real Christianity. If it's not us, it needs to be. It says, be of good courage and let us be strong. Courage and strength are not matters of feeling and circumstance. It's a matter of choice. Do you know that? It's a matter of choice. God makes his strength available to us. We can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what Ephesians says. Let us be strong for our people, David says, and for our cities of our God. Joab calls it, or Joab calls them to remember all that he that they had to lose. This is all you got to lose if you're not going to do this. If you lose in battle, we're going to lose our people and we're going to lose our cities. There's something bigger at stake than just you. A lot of times in the situations we're in, there's something bigger at stake. Maybe you've lost something. The respect of someone. Maybe they just... That, that's huge for a Christian because if they can't respect you, they can't trust you. And then it says, and may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Job says, hey man, all this is in God's hands. This is his deal. He prepared for the battle wisely, best of all, you know, of his ability. He worked hard for the victory and at the same time he knew that the outcome was ultimately in God's hands. So David said, let the Lord do what is good is in, in his sight and the outcome is in God's hands to, to do it. To stand for what is right because guess what? You're passionate about God. If you're really passionate about God, stand for what is right. And, and then you want to see him exalted. Look at verse 13. So Joab and the people who were with him drew near for the battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. They didn't even get to fight. These guys just walked up, showed up for the fight, and these guys took off. They ran. Look at verse 14. And when the people of Amnon saw that the Syrians were fleeing... They also fled. Abishai and they entered the city. So Joab returned from the people of Ammon and went to Jerusalem. And when the Syrians saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered together. It's crazy. They didn't even have to fight. All these people just started running. They show up to fight, but they ran. See, the same happens. The enemy flees. When we resist the devil, we're told that he flees. Sometimes the devil says, go, go over there and pick a fight with that guy. Just go over and say this. And, and he might even make it sound scriptural. Use this scripture. Show him where it says, a fool has said in his heart. And you walk up, hey man, a fool says in his heart there's no... And then, bam! That fool just punched you. And you got two fools. One that did the punch and the other one laying on the ground for being foolish and listening to... Just resist sometimes. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. See, we're commissioned as servants to communicate the good news, the gospel message of kindness, to be messengers of mercy. Look at verse 17. Then it was told to David, 
he gathered all Israel, crossed over the Jordan, and came to Helam. And the Syrians set themselves in battle array against David and fought with him. Then the Syrians fled before Israel, and David killed 700 charioteers, 40,000 horsemen of the Syrians, and struck Shobach, the commander of their army, who died there. And when all the kings who were servants to Hadadazar saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and served them. So the Syrians were afraid to help the people of Amnon anymore. And then there are those times when you do have to fight. There's a spiritual battle waged against each and every one of us. See, you and I have been commissioned to be those servants. Mephibosheth was poor and broken and weak. Hanawin was the opposite. It's funny how those who are poor, broken, and weak and meek are the ones who mourn their sin and receive the gift. And yet those who seem to have it all, that are prideful, well, they tend to be suspicious. Oh, they're trying to get my money. They're trying to get in here and get what I got. And it doesn't have to be that they're rich with wealth. They're probably just rich with pride. So David shows up. He's got to do some battle. He's got to fight. For the lack of time, we can't really get into it. But here's the end result. If you spend your time with those who are broken and weak, and you spend your time with those who are rich and poor, maybe the Lord's calling you to just minister to someone. Maybe to the rich and the prideful person you're there, and you might have to take a little flack, some verbal abuse, Because the Lord's saying, hey, I just want this person to be reached. I want them to see what meekness is. And to the broken and the poor, you can encourage and lift them up and help carry them for a little while until they can stand on their own two feet so they can sit at the king's table. And we can join them there. It's a great thing when we see this. So a little misunderstanding, well, really, what do we fight for? Are we fighting the good fight? Are we being strong for the, our people? Are we being strong for God so God gets an boy type of a deal? Are we exalting him and glorifying him in all the things that we do? That's the question we need to ask ourselves, or those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. And then be of good courage and be strong. How, how, how does that happen? Well, through his word, by fellowshipping with other Christians. I mean, we, we can't do it on our own. we got to do it as an army. The mighty men a set-apart group and resist the devil, he'll flee and sometimes he won't but we won't lose because we got the king of kings on our side so we got the king who does battle well We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go, making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new editions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, 
We'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. We're a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.